Okay, here we are. Boop. We're with Mark. We're doing it. Uh, Dream Warriors. Day of Dread. Day of Dread. 31 Days of Dread. Day 3. And uh, tell us what we're talking about, Mark. We're doing... We're going to do the Nightbreed. Picking it up, and we're we're coming out. So yeah, yeah these uh, these episodes these episodes do not have the uh, the music either because we're targeting twenty five to thirty is there, minutes. Is there like a theme? Yeah, music? yeah, it's it's it's, it's Halloween esque. Oh, so I'll uh, I'll play it out for you when uh, we're we're done here. Do it live. Uh, yeah, <laughs> doing it now. All right, we'll do it live. Yeah, so uh, we're talking Nightbreed. Uh, a lot of horror. Aficionados, uh, cult horror movie fans have locked in on this movie. They championed it. Uh, the days when I was in the comic shop, uh, South Jersey Hall of Heroes, we referred to this movie as the uh, X Men for horror fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they were, uh, you know, freaks. Yeah, they were freaks. Uh, they couldn't walk out into the sunlight. They couldn't have friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, so anyway, so it's where the monsters live, Midian is where the monsters <laughs> Midian, live. Yeah, which is a biblical reference. That's where Moses went uh-huh. for his forty-year uh, exile. He went to yeah, that's a little bit from memory, a little mm-hmm. bit, but yeah, that's a Moses reference. Uh, all right, so who uh, tell me who directed? So it was written and directed by the Clyde Barker, one of his three films that he wrote and directed. He did Candyman. He did Hellraiser, Nightbreed, and Lord of Illusions. Oh, yeah. Not that he wrote the wrote the Candyman. He wrote the Candyman. Yeah, mm. but he so if if you at this time, you know, like we're talking uh, mid eighties to late nineties, uh, you know, for three films, pretty 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 well accomplished. I don't really in, in yeah, I don't remember the Lord of Illusions. I remember Hellraiser quite a bit and then I remember those sequels and I, more the imagery more than anything else. Yeah. Well, uh how before sequels got good cuz we can kind of just agree sequels are good now. Uh Hellraiser 2 was one of those sequels that I would just call out to people because they would always say Godfather 2 and Aliens and Terminator. They would just go for this. Like, Wait a minute. Like these easy ones. Hellraiser 2. Yeah. Robocop 2. No, that's bad. Wait. I love it. Really? I nope. love Robocop 2. No. With the drug dealer kid. Oh, my God. And and that, that hot girl. The hot girl that's into the kid and also into Kane, the villain. No. Nuke, the drug. Can't do it. Wow. I don't understand. No. I, uh, even Robocop 2 and Robocop 2 is a hell of a design. One of the most no. sophisticated <laughs> stop and go models ever created. I don't know. Is that yeah? Is Robo, is Ro, Kane Robocop? But anyway, yeah. So, Hellraiser uh, Nightbreed is based on Clyde Barker's fourth book, Cabal, mm-hmm. published in ninety eight. And have you have you read much of much of him? Eighty eight. Uh yeah, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. So only two years. This was only two years after. Yeah. It's pretty good. So, yeah, originally Nightbreed was to be called Cabal by Barker, but the the studio, I think, uh, just wanted to be able to do something simple, like market the movie. <laughs> well, I think that well, the weird thing <laughs> is, is like, like <laughs> we're not calling this it was, that. <laughs> this was a rental. This was my Caroline's video rental, like of the week. Okay, like I yeah. rented this all the time. 
and uh, a couple a couple things like right off the bat, like when I started watching it, um, I knew at the time that like David Cronenberg was a director, but I didn't realize. I, I kind of knew who he was in the movie. Yeah. But it's very strange knowing David Cronenberg now, like, understanding his movies and Naked Lunch and, you know, Crash. And, yeah. Like, not Crash. The, not, not the... Rabbit. Not not the Crash Oscar winner. No. The, other the crash. real Crash. Yeah. The that, real that. Crash. Right. Not yet. The, um... The, we're going to smash up our cars and do a little dirty, <laughs> dirty <laughs> Crash. Because it turns us on. So it was strange to me. And, and Cronenberg's coming from, like, a Lynch pull like you know that's that's kind of that pull so it it was i don't know if it was a favor or how that worked or how he he's in it but he is uh, they don't na- he doesn't have a name like i wish that his name was decker but that mask is nuts that mask is so freaking scary yeah the uh because there's two with the button eyes villain. i mean that's that's the thing is that he's technically the villain because he's trying to frame yeah so Boone. like there there's more of that in the book Okay. Like in the book, it's more of him trying to uh, implant these ideas in his head, so uh, Boone would believe he was the killer. And so when he when the night we'll just call it the nightbreed stuff starts happening around him in the book, there's a little bit more of a you you don't know if it's suggested, you don't know mm-hmm. if it's hallucinated, like you don't really there is almost like a dream state. That runs throughout the book. That I think I think some of the movie captured for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes. Well, he gets drugged. I think goes in one time. I mean, to, to kind of just to go back to just do like a summary of the, of the yeah. movie. Essentially, this yeah, guy's like wrong. an iron worker. Him and his girlfriend want to get out. Blue of collar. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some song that she covers. Jack and Diane, but that's yeah. That's Brian she Adam, does sorry. some. No, that's Mellencamp. Oh, so. Mellencamp, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Close enough. I'm getting... <laughs> but, like, the director's cut, see, it's weird. Like, they have a thing where there's a bunch of weird jumps. Like, so now it actually makes more sense watching the director's cut because it's, like, he goes to work, and then she's, like, meet me home. And then, like, they're home, and then he's, like, we weren't here, and you didn't come to see me. And it was, like, all these weird things. They had those scenes. She was a singer. She was a bad singer. And yeah. they had a movie that she was singing this song and it's all very canadian they even say like we got to get out of calgary and i'm like what like i don't know what calgary is i'm 12 <laughs> you know it's yeah. about 90 um it's a made-up place yeah so he he's doing better at his job thinks he's not going crazy um the the therapist who's decker is killing families yeah and killing framing boys and, yeah. and basically framing uh his patient so then when he calls back says, i need to talk to you need to talk to you he comes back in and then uh, he drugs him, and then there's he goes, ends up going to the hospital, and then meeting someone who's talking about Midian, and then he ends up by a sacrifice, kind of like cutting his face open. That was uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, name, but yeah, um, that was like great. Like I was like, what's yeah. going on? It was really scary, but well, that yeah, and that's where it's kind of funny because it's a hell of a setup because you're afraid, like within the movie, you're afraid of the serial killer. That is just well-designed, creepy. You see him kill a family. And then it escalates to where he's not the freak. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the norm. Like, the serial killer guy is the normal one within the movie. Ju- just out of how the characters in the movie read him. Right. Like, they're not freaked out. But like, no one no one in Median is freaked out by the ser- by David Cronenberg, by Decker. Right. They're like, not, they don't care at all. Yeah. Like, you know. And, and, I, and I think it's... It notes like that that I don't know. I, I think that's one of the reasons why this movie's so fun and so unique, and it's so weird. It's such a weird 
movie, it's hard to tell people. Like, I don't even know how you would describe this movie if you were to... Well, I think they were trying to build a mythology because all the monsters are very specifically drawn. It was very much like X-Men in a way. Like, one was burning out in the sunlight, and yeah. uh, the girlfriend goes there and puts her back, and then there was another one. It was all porcupine and shot porcupine, like the... Whatever the, the the spikes. Yeah, there <clears throat> there's was a moon face guy. There's a devil like looking guy who's the like devil, impervious. The devil looking dude is Peliquin. Is he's the, the best. Bat. Yeah, he's so bad. So the voiceovers are really good. Now then, and at one point when when he's confronted Boon Boon, he's like, "You're you're you're fine. Like you're an innocent. Uh, you're yeah. meat. I can eat you." And she's like, "And she's like, you can't eat him in the in the grounds. You got to take him outside of the grounds. So there's there's rules right there. So." The one um, guy tells him to leave the ground so so you can eat them, and they're, you're going to break the law. There's all these there are all these made up laws, <clears throat> but what was uh, what was interesting? He says this, and I wrote it down. It's like he's like everything's true. Reminds me of the it's all true from oh. Force Awakens. He's like it's yeah. all true. Everything you heard is true. God's an astronaut. Oz is over the the rainbow, and Midian is where the monsters live. Yeah. So that like statement, you're like oh. So they tried to create this mythology, and it it could have like made. They could have made definitely made more movies. Yeah, what what one of the, one of the things that gets thrown around a lot is that Nightbreed was supposed to have been a trilogy. Mm. Okay, and but I think I don't know if people project. I don't know what was officially said about that, even from Barker. But I think people project. People are just in love with trilogies, <laughs> and it's like everything's supposed to be like I, I was uh, listening to James Cameron talking to the Hollywood oh, no. Reporter for 40 minutes about the upcoming Terminator trilogy. No. And it's almost like, can you, can we, can we just make one? Can we just kind of just do one good Terminator, one good Terminator movie? Not, uh, I don't care about your whiteboards of three movies. I want just one good Terminator movie. But even though I love Genesis, I love Genesis. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, okay. Um, so, real, real quick, though, I wanted to, since this is a director's cut, I just wanted to, to veer off real quick and talk about other director's cut movies mm-hmm. because we, we, we brought this up before a few times. And I just wanted to run through, uh, I know one of them you haven't seen, which is, I think, that the top director cut movie mm-hmm. um, would be Kingdom of, of, of Heaven. Uh, is that Ridley, Ridley Scott? Yeah, it's it's Ridley Scott with um, Legolas. Legolas yeah, is. Okay. Yeah, and... I think it's a blue tint. I would put the... I don't remember that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's... like a slightly... It's great. ...color-graded blue tint. I would also put um, The Lord of the Rings, uh, all three of the extended cuts. No. Really? I'll put... Two, would two say, and three towers and king. I would say king. two only. The one theatrical cut uh, is a perfect cut. Theatrical cut of one is perfect. Yeah, and yeah, you know, there's there's so much. I I like the uh, three's too long as three anyway. So to add more shit yeah, into it, but three so dude, just stop, dude. The Witch King breaking Gandalf's uh, staff in in a single like blow in a single like summon spell. I don't even. I think I watched yeah. that once. I think I was just exhausted. dude. It's so good. It's so. But anyway, um, I would so real quick. Um, I definitely put my Watchmen. The the Watchmen Ultimate Cut. I never is that the one where they inter, they put the yeah. uh, cartoons in yeah I know okay uh, here we go might be controversial Daredevil I've because, never seen the the Coolio cut because <laughs> I I love the court scenes the court scenes add uh, with Coolio so much more with uh, Mac Murdoch's 
like alter ego. Like it builds him more into having another life versus just Not being Daredevil. Jose Casada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jose Casada. <laughs> uh, ben once, Victor. Once upon a time in America. Okay. Uh, I never saw it once. Okay. Um, I've only seen the director's cut. You might be with me on this. Uh, JFK. I think I have seen that. Okay. Yeah. Most people have. More. Yeah. Um, I kind of put Death Proof and Natural Born Killers. And it calls Death Proof when it's not in the grindhouse had, I'm pretty sure, one solid scene, but it, it had, like, extensions of a few others to fill it, out. Yeah, it's a To bit, fill out the 90 better. minutes. Yeah. Um, Natural Born Killers for sure. Uh, the I had that on cassette. Yeah, double, double, <laughs> double, double, cassette. yeah, with 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 the the flap. It was like the first one that had like a book flap, right? Right, right. That, yeah, that opened up. Uh, I never seen any version of Star Trek, the motion picture, other than director's cut. I realized that when I was kind of making this quick list, Boarsville, uh, Leon, yes, Luke arguably better. Uh, and yeah, why that was not in America? No, no, tell me, tell because me. they have a scene where. Like, I think they just have the scene where I think they're just playing and she's in, like, a T-shirt and, like, underwear. Oh. And they just cut it out. They just thought it was too... It wasn't even really risque. It was just, like, questionable. Yeah. We're just going like to... They were just, like, goofing around. Right. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, this is too... <laughs> too close yeah. to, like, Michael Jackson uh, territory. Uh, and my last one uh, is also just one of my favorite movies overall would be Dune. The... The director's ex- the real extended cut of Dune. Which, I've never seen which that has like that. the 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 History Channel esque opening narration, which are paintings and they go through the history of everything I'm leading watching, into. I'm watching the final cut, the Blade Runner final cut this week. Okay, because the director's cut there is not even a director's cut. It's wrong. Yeah, it's wrongly titled. Well, we kind yeah we were we were kind of discussing a little bit about this too, where there's uh, even to me the the one. Cut I have not seen a Blade Runner is what they call the European cut, which was for European television, which has even even scenes where they um you see what he's eating in the beginning, like oh, okay. you see like it, people have it down to the exact shots that oh, are that it. are different. Do they have in the in the in any of the cuts? Is that is that a, is the European cut? Does that have narration or no? Uh, I I believe it it does not. It does See, not have the, the I, narration. First of all, Blade Runner, I like the narration. I like the narration because it feels like a noir. It does. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it's like a. It's it, a, like it is what what it is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so real quick though. Uh. Just just speeding on here. Um. The two directors' cuts I want to see that I haven't seen: Almost Famous, and Superman Two, the I've, the the Donner cut. Have, okay. I've seen them both. Yeah. And I say no to both. Yeah, <laughs> I say no to both. Really? Okay. Because the, almost famous makes almost a lot famous of people's list a little bit longer. Uh, the only scene I think what works in almost famous includes Jimmy Fallon, which isn't in the first one. There's a camera uh, Jimmy Fallon. In the oh, first where he's one. like the agent, not the agent, but the the, the no, promotion. Yeah, guy. he's like, he's and but they have a longer scene and he's yeah. in it a little bit longer and it's okay. And it's not so good because he's not a good actor. Um, but that scene's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's a good perspective, um, and there's a couple of scenes that are a little bit longer, but not there's nothing too fantastic. What's that called? They call that what's that bootleg? They call it bootleg or something like that. I think it might be the bootleg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, John and, and Donner Cut. This weird thing about Donner Cut is that they are so obsessed with having slightly alternate takes or audios 
that it distracts from scenes that could work. Oh, okay. So, yeah, like so it's, it's, it's more technical. It. They were just like, and I'm, I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't like that one either. Uh, all right. So getting back to Nightbreed, the, the the one thing I want to know from you is, you know, you're uh, you're hanging out at the local mall, mm-hmm. at the railing, maybe eating a slice, and. Pizza's a pole. Pizza's a pole. <laughs> yeah. Authentic Italian pizza. Hey Vanessa, get me no slice. Yeah, and you're 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 talking to your uh you know your middle school your high school girlfriend. What mm-hmm. okay? And talking to my hand. And you're like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, palm. Hey girl. Yeah, <laughs> hey palmita. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can I get another pepperoni? How uh, what? How do you describe this movie to her? To, uh, to, to, to get her back to your place for some makeout time. I don't know. That's, that's non-existent. But the, um, I would probably just go... I don't know. I'd I think, I think like, we, just called our, we just called on some dark... Yeah, some, <laughs> some dark, darkness some dark times. Dark times at Deford Mall. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably just... It, I'd, uh, the, you mean just like the elevator pitch. Just be like, all right, yeah. you know, like we need... You know, it's, it's scary, but not too scary. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not that scary. The the one thing I think it's interesting watching it is that it breaks into these weird POV shots, like over and over. Whether like the Decker Decker, they have a couple scenes where it's his POV. Yeah. And then they have a scene later where the guy who's at the gas station who knows about Minion who wanted to be in oh, Minion, right. it goes yeah. to his POV. Yeah. And then there's a scene where. Boone gets shot to death, and then he goes to the morgue, and then you're like on his. The camera's on his chest, and you're. Yeah, re- yeah. So there's so, it's it's like, very Carpenter. It's very like Halloween. I was gonna say like do do you think some of that comes because uh, like Clive Barker is such he's not only a novelist but he's also a visual painter. Yeah, like he drew he's, a ton he's, of designs. Like, yeah, I've seen sketches of a like, lot of these characters. He, and he's like again supposedly storyboarded everything for. For all three, yeah. three of of his movies, but I, I I think that's the artist in him, that's deep deeply in him that wants they wants us to see things through multiple eyes, and and he chooses like what eyes and when when you see it from like that perspective, because that that, that didn't what you're talking about didn't really resonate until maybe like the fifth or sixth time I saw that movie. Yeah. I just like really didn't pick up on it. I don't think I noticed when I was a kid, like when I watched it when I was 12, but yeah, I definitely noticed it as a 40 year old. Yeah. Because I feel that like the narrative, like I just understand the narrative structure and I understand the way the camera placement. So, you know, for example, like your favorite movie, get out, like the camera placement's always, I think pretty pitch. Yes. You can agree with that. That's pretty solid. It's pretty solid directing. Really I never no... said the movie wasn't well directed. Okay, well just, then we'll, we'll we'll move on. Just had there. to, just I had to go there. That just... I do. I had to mess with you. Now I would say the score. Oh yeah, tell uh, me. this score is Danny Elfman, but it's Danny Elfman pre. Yeah, boom, 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 right. It's pre like. What she's out of now too. He's back out. Yes, he's back out. Yeah, I, he, he, yeah. he got he got. That's a fair. I wonder if that's just the Burton thing where Burton's like, you know what I would like, <laughs> just sitting there like just all like. <laughs> Yeah. Like if uh, maybe it's a, and he just starts breathing heavy, and they're like, "Yeah, do that, like more of this." Like I don't know. What but he it did is. that for he did that for non-burning movies though, like uh, like Men in Black, and and there there yeah, was but like but, there was other non-burning. Sonnenfeld's very Burtony. Like yeah. it's, it's a very Burton thing. But even the um, Simpsons theme is Elfman. Yeah, with and it's Simpsons. 
Yeah. Uh, what? What? Do you know? Okay. But it's good. Like it is good. That's a good score. Yeah. This score is good. Yeah. The uh, just real quick talking about Elfman because I did have a epiphany about him the other day. Cause you know what you do when you leave leave the gym. You, you listen to you, Oingo you, Boingo. You catch up on Danny Elfman soundtracks that you're not 100% familiar with. And my epiphany, wonderful time walking home because I was what I was listening to is Real Steel. Mm-hmm. And how solid the themes in that are. And and it is, I think it's one of his best. I mean, I, I kind of would say, because I love Batman, you know, like mm-hmm. the 89 Batman. I would put Real Steel... Like right underneath that, because I'm shocked that they didn't do like a like I, I understand like Pacific yeah. Rim is getting a sequel because I think more of like fan base, but Real Steel has like definitely yeah, fan base. Real Real Steel could just keep going, like you could just you but could even get, when it came out, everyone's like, all right, this movie should not be good, it's real good, <laughs> no, it was, dude, like and then like Zeus, you know. <laughs> I love I love the uh, design for Zeus, dude. He's such all a the bad really badass looking uh, robot. Okay, so elevator pitch, we're still. <laughs> <laughs> We're still trying to pitch this movie. Like, it's a Canadian. He looks like he looks like <laughs> David Boreanaz, who we don't know yet. He looks but like he's not David Boreanaz's he angel. He looks like Josh Brolin's ugly brother no, with just, a bigger hair, yeah, like his huge hair. hair, and like the girlfriend's in a sweater all the time. For, like yeah, it's just for the longest 90s. time when when I was younger, when when I first rented this movie, I thought he was the the older kid in Goonies that got older as an actor and. And you thought it was Josh Brolin. I thought it was Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah. but in my mind, I, I know it was Josh Brolin. Like looking at it now, I'm like, that's Angel. Is that Angel? <laughs> yeah, is that, Bones? Is that Angel? Because like, confusing. <laughs> and he did nothing. I don't think he did any. No one did anything. Oh, yeah. the weird thing about the directors, because I tried to read up on the why the director's cut is there, and there's just different things that Barker wanted back in. Yeah. But one thing, one really strange choice was that Doug Bradley, who was who was the leader of. Of Midian. Yeah. yeah. He had like kind of weird cuts. He always had to have some type of facial manipulation, I suppose, as an actor. I don't know why. But like I said, having pins in his head, yeah. he had like these like slits in his face. Right. That was, yeah. But he, um, like you were doing like, I don't know. But he had like a German accent in the original movie. And he overdubbed these himself oh, to okay. sound like a British guy and I like a Welsh guy. Oh. And it it's so obvious the overdub is terrible. Well, here here here's the thing. So I don't know what that's so for. the the director's cut, the one that I, that came out through Scream Factory. That mm-hmm. that's who did the the right. um, what is now called the, the director's cut. Growing when we were younger, there, uh, I would have to verify this, but I remember there being a director's cut when we were younger, which had hardly anything. It might have been like five or six minutes longer, mm-hmm. like hardly anything. And then there was, there was this other cut that exists that's between like the VHS director's cut and Dream Factory, which is called the everything cut. Okay. And it's everything like just put the, put into just like continuity. Like it's just A to B and everything's just extra and plussed out. So, and Screen Factory went, between those two and and I guess collaborate with Barker to get what he wanted from those two as the director's cut. Yeah. I it's it's funny like <clears throat> I feel that even like, you know, going back to episode ten is the Star Wars <laughs> argument. Like always is, is the I always go back to episode ten. Like, is it 
maybe the producers are right. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm going to say this. I know these movies aren't supposed to be made for me, but, like, I feel like sometimes when I see the director's cut, the producers were right. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, it's no, just like, I, it's fine. I, I 100% agree with you. And, and the, but here's, I think sometimes there's a, there's, it's almost like a Elseworlds or a what if. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like what if, um, I think some, like, there's no director's cut. There's always, like, focal scenes in director's cut. Uh, one of we did, like, Rose, Rogue's cut for Days of Future Past, X-Men Days of Future Past, where the, the Rogue part stuff in that movie works within the movie, but it doesn't work within the flow. Like, it doesn't flow within to the movie. It's 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 almost like two, two separate schools of thought. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, like... This is stuff that works in the movie that we thought out. Here it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, here's the product we had to make because we have a deadline. And it's usually always the better horse wins that race. I mean, I'll even say it. The Aliens, I used to love the director's cut. And then right. then years went by and I watched it and I'm just like, oh, God, News Family, bad bad idea right, right, right. like yeah. the, the only thing i liked about the uh that is the uh, sentry guns the mm. the the, the, <laughs> the automatic what guns was the abyss the abyss had the extra ending and the anticipation of seeing that yeah was better than the movie then when i saw it i'm like all right i got it like i understand but i was like they did a tidal wave right and then they stopped the tidal wave yeah and then like the oh my god like it, it just it was like a mind it was kind of like yeah, and that's what was. I guess that was one thing that I just don't know. I think that the, that now this age is 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 what it is. And then with Kathleen Kennedy at the wheel, you fucking bitch. Oh, you oh fucker. My God. Oh, so mad. <laughs> I hate Kathleen Kennedy because I don't think she. I understand like she's so product based and moving things in a certain direction. Yeah. Whereas I think that like Foggy, I think like pulls back and lets a little bit of play. Like I'm very curious. The Ragnarok's going to kind of show us what happens. Yeah. Because I feel like he gave Watiti like. A good level of like yeah, freedom, there's, and I'm a little weirded out by that. But it could well, like same thing with Guardians too. Like yeah, it's like you let go of the wheel. A little well, bit. I think yeah, I, but uh, yeah, and I do. But here's a little bit of the difference where what Marvel is doing, they're they're doing it with connective like connected standalone movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that's easily just like you can describe that as the tone post. So when you and I like we're gonna go from original Star Wars to current, like to ninety seven, like ninety seven ninety eight when the special editions came out. Hmm. Post special edition, what happened was you had this, you know, web of novels, comic books, uh, even action figure lines. And if you go with Shadows of the Empire, how and the video games of how it was all connected. And that that became the template for, like almost like the the product definition of of what it was universally understood to why people love Star Wars, because mm-hmm. it's deep, it's it's connected. Everyone and most obviously has a story. R five D four or R five D five, the orange droid that was with R two D two is a force enabled droid. Like they went that deep on everything, right. and. So when when they bought out everything from Lucas, they they just continued it. Like because you know there is a comic book now that reveals what happened with Phasm post 
yeah, yeah like yeah. trash compactor, yep. like whatever. Fill that in. Yeah. So like it's it's already there. It's already happening. Now here's the crazy thing, right? Everyone's everyone is buying in. They're buying in on like the deep threads within Star Wars, and they knew that was a part of I think the product DNA. And and I but I, when you're straight up just watching movies. Um, it's a little. I would I would agree that it's a little bit more stressful watching a Star Wars movie versus a Marvel one, because Marvel, because because <laughs> I was watching Doctor Strange the other day, and I'm just like, oh, dude, I don't care. Like this movie's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care what it's connected to. I'm having fun just watching this. And Star Wars, it's almost like, what did I miss? What's that? What did I miss? Oh, okay, okay, uh, over here. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, and then you're almost like 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 a dog that's been beaten. Right. That no, every I time someone I moves, just, that dog's like. <sighs> I mean, like, I don't know what's better. Remember, like like when we talked about Blade Runner a couple weeks ago, I was like, I don't want to watch Blade Runner. What the fuck do I watch? Like, there's yeah. too many versions. I don't. I don't want to watch any. Watch one. Yeah. Like I don't want to like yeah. uh, Brazil. I can't watch Brazil because there's like eight cuts, and I yeah. don't want to watch any. Brazil. Yeah. I don't know what to do. You know how many times I've seen Super uh, Suicide Squad here because when we're going through my um amazon collection mm-hmm. <laughs> they see it's the different color of the movie and everyone's like i have to watch it to see if it's better and i'm like it's not but i have to watch right, it i have to watch and i'm just it. like okay just put it on it's just longer just just put now just put it on. in nightbreed which yeah is, is to bring it back to yeah we got Star we, Wars, we got we got wrapped this up soon we're the guy we're right who there. is the head the lead detective of like the investigation of the serial killer yeah is is a, a black guy he's a detective He's the same actor as Captain Panaka from Episode One. Now, Captain, oh, is Captain he really? Panaka, oh, oh, if you oh, remember, yes. Okay, yes, yes. Says everything he says, and he's just as ineffective in this movie yeah. as he is in every movie he's ever been in. You he know, play, he's a character actor, and he's bad at his job. Wasn't he? Uh, I was just watching the Scorpion King, and he's the, he's the Rock's brother in Scorpion King. Oh my God! And he's bad in that. <laughs> every time, everything he, he is, says yeah, he in is. Episode One, he goes, "Oh, I don't agree with the." The Jedi on this one, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. This is not a good course. Of he doesn't say a thing. I remember having a drinking game when, after watching episode one so many times. I'm like, we're gonna do a shot every time Captain Panaka says something shitty. Like he's just not supportive, like at all. I, I'm, I'm looking this guy up right now. Now the funny thing yeah. in this one is that, remember he's like, hey, don't. He's like, I'm gonna go interrogate Boone. This is Decker, the the, the shrink, and he's like, don't do that. Like, we, just don't do that. And he's like, oh, I'll be right back. He walks up to him and then turns around. Remember, he says, he's got a gun, and then jumps out of the way, and they shoot him. So they yeah. shoot Boone, and they walk over, and they're like, where's the gun? He's like, uh, I oh, thought I saw I'm sorry. Gun. You know, I, I, I have my actress mixed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I know who this guy is. He is bad. He's just one. as bad at his job in this. And, like, yeah. throughout the movie, they're like, hey, uh. And and then he's like, well, he's dead. He's like, well, he's not dead. He's still alive. And he's like, well, we had him in custody. Well, yeah, but we let him go. Like he got, he left. Like it was every time they thought they had him, they didn't have him. And he's just he's super bad. Yeah. So I don't. I give this one like a lot of good points. I think the the cinematography is really good. It, like most of it takes place in like a day. You know, it's like yeah. two, it's like it's basically one day. Yeah. Uh, the momentum's really good. The best actor in the movie. Is the creepy like uh, gas station guy, like who gets tortured by Decker? Like that's yeah. The best. Uh, everyone for this movie will they easily gravitate towards Cronenberg and Decker as yeah, yeah, him being perfect. Well, but but then again, he just talks because he just like oh right, he I, talks I was, like really yeah. monotone and low, and it's it's yeah, it's it's almost the same as when um, in Basquiat, uh, David Bowie plays Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. 
uh, like the best i think the, the best warhol portrayal ever mm-hmm. but it's almost like david bowie kind of did talk like Warhol, <laughs> like right. his so he was just just talking like this and this is great and yeah let's do that again and uh, I, and anyway but yeah so okay yeah so, i mean i give it like are you do you rate what are we doing the ratings we, no it's no we're you just kind of we're, we're, yeah we're just discussing it but i oh, mean great. i would i would put this as a watch like i yeah, I, I would think people have to watch producer yeah stuff, i mean i, I wouldn't say people have to watch um watch it on v, find a vhs oh here we go yeah it's it's not like i would say um people have to watch the bunny main massacre but it's an important movie to discuss so and same with like Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. but i would say please watch Pumpkinhead. please watch this movie um, start building your film vernacular with, with, with those two movies. And so when you watch something like the Bunny Bay Massacre, uh, you can you can apply something to it and you can it helps you see a little bit more of the intent of, of a filmmaker and it, you get to see a little bit more of, of the process of filmmaking. Well, it's also yeah. in the hotness. Like you got to remember, like back then it was like Barker was – there was a couple of schools. It was like it was like it was Stephen King. Yeah. Clyde Barker, Dean Koontz, like yeah, you know, like I, that was, I, that was I grew thing. up Barker side. I grew up that Barker was going to overtake horror, and I think if Barker never got sick, mm-hmm. uh, I really feel like uh, things would be different now. Did he, did he die? Do no, not this? dead. No, but he had a um, just like he. I think he had a run of HIV. He had mm-hmm. a run of like lung, like something with his lungs. He had multiple surgeries. He's where, Canadian. Where there's yeah, well, you know, that, uh, Amer- that doesn't help. America's feather. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that doesn't help. Uh, any 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 lace words for night greed? No, I'll say what uh what is below oh, you know what? shall remain you know below. What? And, How, um, we're 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 pushing the limit here, but real quick, cause we we did this a little bit in our in our pregame, our green room discussion. Uh, who who did the initial night breed comic book? Oh, so uh, Marvel's Epic line. The, oh, it was epic. Yeah, it ended up and it and it was like glossy and had a lot of good people had, had yeah. uh, well i think epic also had the books of blood and hellraiser and eclipse had no eclipse, eclipse had, had tapping, tapping the, the vein. vein yeah yep. okay and which that, was at the con a lot i saw that a lot this dude weekend. that's a hell of a that's a hell of a uh drawn series like the artwork for that it was all really good yeah painters, and so. yeah and real quick since we're talking clyde barker and comic books we have to give a shout out to razor Razor Edge. Razor Line. Razor Line. With Ecto Kid. With Steve Scrow. Steve Scrow drawing Ecto Ecto Kid. Who who is coming back. Yeah, who's coming back to to comics. Maestro. Yeah. Maestros? That's his book he's doing. Yes. Which looks phenomenal. Does look really good. Does look phenomenal. Okay. Comes out next week, I think. Yeah. uh, Signing off, right? Thanks. God's an astronaut. (laughs) Oz is over the rainbow and Midian is where the monsters live. This is Dream Warriors. 31 Days of Dread. Day three. It's a wrap.